Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron's Sportsbook Yes. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. I got to say, Alan, I love that new intro we got there. Good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Not too bad. Been a busy, busy week. A lot of stuff going on. And uh, guess what? We are not even a week away from Major League Baseball opening day. Good evening, everybody. It is Friday, March 26, 2021. If you're listening to us right now, of course, we're live. If not, of course, you can hear us in playback on uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, Tonight, Alan and I are going to discuss the start of Major League Baseball here next week. Uh, We're certainly very excited about that. Also, some NFL news, golf, and also some boxing in here tonight as well. So, hope everyone's had a great, uh, great week. It's been a a quick month of March, and um, we are certainly very excited to be uh, right on the cusp of Major League Baseball, getting off um, off to a start, something we didn't see happen until almost August last year, so... Alan, how excited are you about this uh, this upcoming season? I'm very excited about it. I mean, it's nice that baseball is back. It's always exciting, you know, to see the boys of summer. And the nice thing about it, them being back, is they're going to play a full season, you know, barring anything changing. So it's, it's good that things are starting to turn around, starting to get, you know, closer to normal. And it's great that the guys of summer are back. I'm excited about the season. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's nice, and I, I know that I mentioned this, um, you know, a couple weeks back that uh, I got a chance to go to two games, uh, spring training games here in Florida, and that's something I've been doing for 25 years. I mean, I've been doing oh, well, probably longer than that. I've been doing that since I was a, a kid, and it's what I consider normal in this time of year. So, having broken from that last year with it starting and then stopping and then having the the delay and the head scratching, are we going to do this? Is this going to happen? Are we going to not have it? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. To have it now a week away, normal for what normal is here in 2021, everybody's taking the right precautions and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's going to be limited fans at games. And just to have things normally happening like like they're supposed to, things are right on cue, if you will, it is nice to see. And you know what? Baseball is always a great thing to have. You know, I think I may have mentioned this at one point too. You go back to, you know, well before our time, back into the, you know, the thirties and the forties when, you know, uh, World War II was going on and you had a lot of players who actually um, took time out to go and fight in the war. And then they came back and I forget which president it was. Um, I know I sort of have a historian side to me, but, um, and again, I can't remember the exact way he worded this, but it said something to the degree of, you know, we may have been off at war fighting, but baseball is the thing that America pays attention to. So it is nice to have that back and, you know, rough 2020 and a rough year or so for, you know, for, um, for the sports world and the world in general. So nice to have things kind of coming back the way that they, uh, the way that they should be. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a great thing. And even when 9-11, you know, happened, it was nice for baseball to get back. And that kind of kick-started people into thinking more positively, kind of getting their mind off of the tragic event of 9-11. So baseball 
has its moments where he can actually bring us together and bring in some normalcy, so which is always exciting. I know things are a lot different now because of you know COVID-19. Did you see anything different as far as the players, as far as autographs or things of that nature that you normally would see during spring training with those games you went to? Yeah, you know, the thing about it is in, in years past, and I, I usually take my, my sons uh, who are kind of falling in my footsteps and a lot of that stuff, take them to the games with me. Um, and my older one is a little more into it than – than maybe my younger son is, but, you know, going around and trying to get autographs and trying to get somebody to throw a baseball to you and, you know, just those normal things, they might throw a baseball to you, but autographs are pretty much off limits. They're not allowing any player fan interaction as far as like up close, which is perfectly fine. It's understandable. You know, here's what we want to do this year. I think next year, this whole thing will be pretty much behind us. Hopefully I'm, I'm hoping that's a speaking it into existence, kind of a, uh, you know, thing to say there, but, um, it's the right thing right now for them to have that limited, uh, limited access just because we want to play it safe. And, you know, look, let's be honest here. Look how many games last season after things had kicked off ended up being delayed or they had to make, you know, make up games, that kind of stuff. So, you know, to be able to play it safe, let's, let's keep everybody at the right distance. That's the right decision this time around, I think. And, and in the, in the future, things will go back to where they were before all this happened, I think. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think you're on the side of caution. You know, you limit the interaction. It's it's nothing you should kind of – you want things to get back to normal, but it's nothing you should rush to do it for safety protocols. It's even great that we're actually having a, a full season by itself. Yeah. Autographs, to me, are like a bonus. And we will get there, but it's going to take some time before that – interaction kind of opens itself up and I, I actually agree with it i agree with with them you know holding off on the fan interaction to that level of autographs you in baseball you know we'll, we're going to talk golf later in the show but golf also has that protocol too where as far as no autographs but yeah i agree with it you know it's it's one of the things that we have to kind of work itself out work itself through but you know baseball is back and and now we're going to Go ahead and, and celebrate that. There's a lot of great things happening in baseball. So what are your things that you're hoping to see that happens in a baseball season in 2021? Well, I just wanted to get off to a smooth start. I mean, look, um, as a fan of the game, it's nice to, you know, obviously we have our teams that we root for. We have our players that we root for. And I have players on other teams that I, I'm not a fan of a team, but like Mike Trout, for instance, I think he's the best player in the game today, um, hands down, not even close. And I really would like to see him get a full season, you know, under his belt again, kind of get back on that pace that he was on before. Um, you know, he's just a great player to watch. Um, I think there's going to be some interesting storylines because there's going to be some, there's going to be some uh, changes with players getting traded during the year. Um, you know, guys that are kind of teetering on the end of their career, you know, is Justin Verlander going to be back? Is he going to be able to pitch well? Um, you know, there's a lot of those things going on. And, you know, you look at some of the other storylines. You know, last year was a strange year for a lot of reasons. The fact that it was such a short season. And, you know, if you lose five games in a row in a short season like 60 games, that's like a 15-game losing streak in a regular season. So, um, you know, you look at somebody like Boston, for instance, I, I think they're going to have a really, really rough year. Uh, they've got a really kind of, kind of rebuild that team in a lot of ways. They, they've been 
kind of down for the last two or three years, which is interesting because they have a lot of money to spend, but they they seem to have kind of cornered themselves or pigeonholed themselves into a corner rather. And, um, you know, it's going to take a little time to, to dig themselves out. But, you know, this is the last year of the Indians. They're going to supposedly change their name. I think they actually pushed that back by a year. So they're going to be two more years of, of the Indians. Uh, they'll change their name at some point. But, you know, there's some managers that are on the hot seat. There's, um, you know, different uh, players that are maybe in their last year with their current contract that might move on to new horizons after 2021 is over. So, and then there's the players that signed the big contracts this past off season. You look at Trevor Bauer going to, to uh, Los Angeles with the Dodgers. And I mean, good grief. They're coming off winning the world series and they go out and add a guy like Trevor Bauer to their rotation with Clayton Kershaw and some of the other uh, Walker Bueller and some of the other pitchers they have there. So that, um, that rotation is going to be pretty, pretty sick. And I think that rightfully so the Dodgers should be probably picked to be a contender, at least for winning another world series this year. So um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely think they should be a contender this year to go in at all. And actually, you know, adding Bauer was a big, big move. And there's been a lot of things that happened in baseball. I agree with you with Trout, but one, one player that I'm actually a little surprised, that's another storyline is Albert Pujols. You mentioned there'd be some players, this is the final year of the contract. This is going to be it for Albert Pujols at the end of the season. And, you know, definitely he's, he's going into retirement. What are your thoughts on Albert Pujols and his retirement? Well, it's not definitive from the last time I heard. I know there was some stuff coming out about a month ago about him hinting yeah. at retirement. I know it's the last year of his contract for sure. So, so that kind of it, – it seems like it's a fitting end potentially if that is the case. I wouldn't be shocked, though. I really wouldn't be shocked if after this year, if he took a little time to kind of think things over and kind of see where things are because really it wouldn't shock me. You look at some, some really great players, historically speaking, that started their career in one place, went to another place for a little bit, and then ended up back where they started. And I'll use, um, I'll use Hank Aaron as an example. He began his career in Milwaukee with the Braves went to Atlanta when they moved to Atlanta and then he finished his career with the Brewers for the last year and a half or so. Willie Mays, same thing. He started with the Giants in New York, moved out to San Francisco with the Giants. And then at the end of his career, he played for the Mets in New York. So what I'm getting at here on that is it wouldn't shock me because there's a, he still has a lot of, of um, community investment. If Pujols ended up back next year in 2022 for one year with, uh, with St. Louis, wouldn't surprise me in the least if that happened, especially if somehow the National League has the DH next year. Um, that wouldn't be a surprise at all. But as far as a player, I mean, good grief. This guy is one of the best hitters I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. I remember when he came up 20, 20, hard to believe 20 years ago, he came into the league. And here is how he came into the league. A lot of people forget this. Um, he wasn't expected to make the opening day roster. He kind of was, in a sense, filling in. He was originally a third baseman and uh, had a great spring in 2001. And Tony LaRusso and the Cardinals said, hey, this guy's bat is on fire. We need some pop in our lineup. Let's bring him up. He came up and uh, Mark McGuire, that was actually McGuire's final year in the league. He had a lot of injuries in 2001 and, of course, ended up retiring after the season was over. And he kind of filled in for Mark McGuire and obviously became a superstar from that point on, but this is a guy that, you know, for the first 10 or 12 years of his career, um, 
no fewer than a 300 average, no fewer than 30 homers, and no fewer than 100 RBIs in the first 10 or 12 years of his career. There is no doubt you will not be able to argue this against me at all. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. No question at all. Uh, he'll have over 700 home runs by the time he's done, and he'll he's, I think he's already he, uh, reached 3,000 hits. So, I mean, this, this is the, he's the best player of this generation as far as numbers are concerned. In the last 25 to 30 years, there's no player, in my opinion, that even touch, uh, touches his talent as far as being a hitter and being a power hitter. Absolutely. I agree with you, everything you said. And he's a great ambassador for baseball, too. You know, he does things the right way. You know, you, I see how he interacts with the fans, too. He's, he's very giving with the fans as well. So he's a guy who, who's definitely a great model and ambassador for baseball. And, you know, it's kind of weird because his wife said he was going to retire and that was going to be it. <laughs> and there's a saying, happy wife, happy life. But he didn't actually say it himself that he was going to retire. So that is another part of the puzzle that's still a little little bit confusing. But if it is his last year, you know, he deserves to go out and on top and he deserves to go out his, the way he wants to. You know, I would, I would hope that he would retire for the same league, for the same team, because find it often that a player actually starts and finishes their career with the same organization. Even Tom Brady didn't happen that way for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, not, it's not a bad thing, but it's just, it's a rare thing, I would say. So for us to actually see somebody retire with the same organization, it's a rare sight. And I'm kind of in that regard, hoping that whether this year is his last year or he signs another contract and he plays another year that he does retire with them with angels. I'm hoping that works out, but you're, you're right. It's almost like, he's kind of like passing a baton to Mike Trout, you know, and that's, that's kind of what's, what's happening, but he's, he's great at, you're right. At first ballot hall of famer, no doubt about it. You know, he's, he's going to be one of the guys that you, the league is going to miss if this is his last year. So a big thing for him, you know, in, in baseball news, I did also want to mention that we want to say our prayers, condolences to Mike Bell He's a bench coach for the Twins. Uh, he unfortunately did pass away today. So uh, definitely want to say our prayers and condolences to the Twins organization, to his family, friends of the bench coach, Mike Bell, you know, and that's on a somber note of baseball. But got a lot of great things happening in baseball. I know that you were out last week. I did want to kind of pick your brain on something that I wasn't able to include you on. And that is LeBron James being now co-owner of the Boston Red Sox. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a little head scratcher for me because I'm I'm thinking of this logistically for, from, um, from just LeBron's perspective, evidently he's a Yankees fan (laughs) and now he owns owns part of the Red Sox, which, you know, obviously the the biggest rivalry in sports. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, obviously, my, my first thought of him baseball-wise, because LeBron James is an athlete. I don't care. He, he, he could have probably played football or baseball if he wanted to. If he hadn't made it in basketball, he would have been playing somewhere. Could have played in the NHL even, I'm sure. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's such, a, such an athlete. So, um, my first thought was, I went in my mind, when I heard that he became part of owner of the, of the Red Sox, was 
I remember in 2016 when the Indians and the Cubs were in the World Series, and I believe the the uh, Cavaliers had just won the NBA Finals earlier that year. So Cleveland had finally had a sports championship for the first time in forever, and he was in the crowd cheering the Indians on. So my thought was, I didn't realize he was a Yankees fan, but my thought was, this guy's from the Cleveland area. He must be a diehard Cleveland fan. So, so it was just a kind of a out of the blue, like I didn't realize that was going to happen, kind of thing. But no, I, I think that it's interesting. It's kind of weird, but you know, it is what it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, me being a, a New York Yankee fan, I, I would have hoped that he would not have went to my rival team. You know, but I am happy for him. You know, definitely, it's a great opportunity. The Red Sox brand and organization is bar none. It speaks for itself. But I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking if you're going to be a part owner, it would have made more sense for you to, you know, I mean, the opportunity wasn't there, but for you to have maybe gotten with Cleveland, because you're right, he has supported the team, the baseball team, and, you know, the Indians, and, and I know you're going to change your name, but he has been very active in being at their games. I was kind of hoping it would be a team that wasn't my rival, but, you know, definitely kudos to him. It's, it's good for baseball. You know, I know that he's going to bring more notoriety to the sport. And for you to see him on the sidelines or in the press box, that's pretty cool. You know, it's, anything that can bring attention to baseball in a positive way, I think is always good. I, You know, I know that you're a baseball espionado and you're, you're a historian. You like it kind of like old school. I, I like I like sometimes when it gets shaken up. I'm one of the people that think that baseball needs to be shaken up a little bit for in a good way. And LeBron James is just going to bring more excitement and notoriety to baseball. So I look at it as a positive all around. No, I think that's exactly what's going to happen uh, with that. And I think, I think just the fact that the story comes out that he is a Yankees fan. Now he owns part of the Red Sox that, that right there just kind of already does it. So, you know, I mean, um, you know, but uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I, I'm really looking forward to it. In fact, I want to kind of go through each uh, each individual division. I am very meticulous every year about who I pick to win and who I pick to be in the playoffs and the World Series. And I even get down to who's going to win the awards and who's going to be the first manager to be fired. So prepare, wow. yourselves, uh, prepare yourselves, folks, tonight. I'm going to put some predictions out there that in about six or seven months you'll be able to look back and say, Aaron was right. He knew exactly what he was talking about, which never, ever happens. Because one time, one time in 25 years, if I picked the World Series winner, and that was five years ago when the Cubs did it. So I probably won't get it right this time around. Uh, but we'll have a little fun here tonight. So I'm going to start off in the American League. We're going to go out west first. That's a really good division because you've got some, some talent, obviously, in Houston. The Rangers are starting to get better. Oakland, obviously, was right there. We just talked about the Angels, and then you got the Mariners who are kind of at the bottom, kind of working their way up. Um, I like this division because I think that it's not going to take more than probably 92 or 93 wins to probably win it. Houston is probably favored because obviously they've been there so many times, um, but you know they can't cheat anymore, so that's going to make it a little harder for them. And there are no more garbage <laughs> cans in the dugout, so that uh, takes things out. But I, I still think they're going to be right there at the top. I, I think that they just they have that kind of a talent. But I really like Oakland. I think that they, they seem to always – they're kind of like Tampa in that sense. They kind of – they always seem to, to churn out these players from the minor leagues that kind of have a hidden value uh, in a lot of ways. 
and again, we talked about the Angels before. So, you know, this potentially being Albert Pujols, at least his last year, probably in 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 Angels uniform. Um, you know, the clock is ticking on that talent that they have out there in uh, in Los Angeles with the Angels. So, but if I had to pick right now, um, I gotta say, I think Houston's going to win that division. I just think that the experience is going to play into uh, into their favor. I look at the AL Central. That's a really wide open division, and again, it's not one that's going to take probably more than 90, 91 wins to, to win it. It's just not one of those divisions that's that deep, or it's not it's not that competitive, I guess you could say, um, to where you know 100 wins is going to be what it takes to win it. So look at the White Sox; they brought in Tony Larusa to manage. Um, you know, he's been out of the game for 10 years. In fact, you know, the last time he managed in the big leagues was the last time that Albert Pujols played for the Cardinals. That's kind of a interesting way to intertwine those things together. So 10 years away, that's a long time. A lot of things change in 10 years in baseball. So um, I like uh, I like kind of how the AL Central is looking. How, how do you think about the uh, AL West, kind of going back to that for a moment? Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you on that one. It's, you know, it's, the Astros are the team that you hate to see win because – their team that has experience and they got a very good ball club. Yes, I, I I do think that they got an unfair advantage with that live stream. They they definitely uh pay the price on their on their ethics because of that. But at the same token, they are in that division. They are one of the best teams in the league. I mean, like you said, ninety somewhat wins will do it. The Astros have the the a good enough team to do it. They have enough experience. They know that if things get down, they lose a couple of games, not to hit the panic button. And I just, I agree with you. I just think at the end of the day, the Astros are a team you hate to, to to see win a division, but at the end of the day, unless somebody else knocks them off, which is highly unlikely, they're going to be back. I agree with you on that. I see the Astros winning that division. I agree with you there. Now, in the AL Central – you know, again, this is a, not, a division that, you know, Minnesota won it last year, and they've got a lot of talent. In fact, they're probably one of the best teams in that division at this point, just overall talent-wise from, from top to bottom. But as I mentioned before, the White Sox, they've been really building up for the last several years. They fired Rick, uh, Rick uh, Renteria uh, after last year because they wanted a more experienced manager, and you can't get any more experience than Tony La Russa. I mean, 30-plus years as a big league skipper and 10 years out of the league, you bring him back. This will be his second go round uh, managing the White Sox. Uh, I look at Cleveland. They're kind of rebuilding. They, they moved on from Francisco Lindor over the off season. Kansas city is kind of rebuilding too. same thing with the Tigers. So it's really a two horse race. In my opinion, I really think it's the White Sox and the twins. And I, I kind of favor Minnesota a little bit, but I, I just, I, I think when you start looking at it more in depth, it was a big gamble to bring back a guy who hadn't managed in the big leagues in 10 years, especially when you consider he's 77 years old. I mean, good grief, you know, is he going to be able to stay awake late enough for some of these games at this point, you know, is, is a concern. Um, you know, and then he's obviously had some of the off the field things that have happened uh, in the last year or so, but the talent that the White Sox have now, they took a big hit uh, this week with uh, Eloy Jimenez, who is essentially going to miss the entire season. That's a big bat in their lineup. That kind of puts the favorite back on Minnesota, who, of course, won the division last year. But I do think it's going to be a two-horse race. And I'm going to say right now, 90 wins, 
maybe 91 wins probably gets that uh, AL Central clinched, I think, this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you there. And it's it's going to be a tough little second time around for Tony LaRusso because of the fact that you're right. He had that long layoff. And a lot has changed in baseball over the last 10 years. For one, more recently, you had the pandemic. A lot of the rules have changed. And the, the pace of play is different in the last 10 years from when Tony did last manage. And also the players are not different. I feel as if the players now have more free will than they did maybe 10 years ago. You know, they kind of, they, you kind of have that free agent type of mentality that more so than they did 10 years ago. So it, it's going to be a learning curve for Tony LaRusso. I think eventually he'll figure it out, but I do think out of that division, I would say the White Sox probably have the best shot at it. Yeah, I mean, I think with with that experience, I think if you're looking at it from a, a managerial experience, you know, obviously Larusa's many many times over what uh, Rocco Baldelli, as a manager, has been with the um, with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to be a, a a neck and neck race. I think either of those teams could end up um, could end up coming away with it, and the other one will end up maybe with a wild card potentially. Um, now I look at the AL East, and I think that uh, the AL East used to be you go back to the early 2000s or even the late 90s for that matter, and it was Boston and New York and, you know, occasionally Baltimore would kind of peek in there. That was in the late 90s they kind of did that. Um, I don't think there's any question that the Yankees are the top team in that division right now, unless something really just falls apart. They have a lot of injuries. I mean, even with the – even with um, kind of the iffiness, I guess, of, of – uh, of uh, Judge and, and, of course, Stanton, who've had some injury issues the last two years. I still think that they're the, the cream of the crop in that division. And here, here's the thing that makes them so scary. They were pretty good in 20, 2020. Granted, it was a short season. They had gone out and picked up Garrett Cole. But now you see that they traded uh, for Jamison Tyon uh, from Pittsburgh, and then they signed uh, Corey Kluber, who had been with Texas last year. I mean, the top three of their rotation, even though they don't have um, – um, they, they lost somebody. I can't remember who it was. They lost as a starting pitcher. Their depth at pitching is, is tremendous. Got a really solid bullpen. Um, you know, with Aroldis Chapman, if he can keep it together this year, I think the Yankees can go very far. Um, now, in years past, you would say, what about what about Boston? You know, they just won a World Series a couple of years ago, but they haven't been a good team in two or three years. And then they had the setback uh, with, you know getting rid of Cora as their manager. Last year they had an interim manager. They bring Cora back. It's just a back-and-forth kind of thing. Boston's not ready to contend this year, I don't think. I think they're going to be kind of a, a rough year for Boston. I think the team that might really push Yankees this year is going to be Toronto because they have a ton of talent there with the Blue Jays. Tampa, you know, they're always kind of uh, lurking around in the water, so to speak. I think they could be right in the thick of things as well, but you know, they traded Blake Snell over the offseason. There's just some changes with they, that they've had happen. So I think it's going to be kind of a tough thing for Tampa to be in there. They, I think they're more of a wild card contender than anything else. And, of course, Baltimore is still several years, I think, away from really being right there. But I, I, I really think that the Yankees are, are, in my opinion, they're the top team in the AL right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But that, to me, the AL East 
is the toughest division in the American League. And to me, you cannot like kind of forget the Rays. The Rays, yeah. you know, they they were, they were right there in the World Series last year. So they're a team that always has young talent. They get on hot streaks, and they're a team that you just can't forget. So I, I think the Yankees on paper look really solid. I love the fact that you mentioned Stanton is healthy and he's coming back. Judge, too. You also have Aaron Boone now who just, uh, you know, many wishes to his help, just got a pacemaker installed, so he should be ready when the season starts. But, you know, the Yankees, they, their injuries are have plagued them, especially with Judge and Stanton. You know, those things happen, and then the team starts to lose their identity. That's why a team like the Rays is a scary team, because they can, they can hit for situation. They always usually have a guy who has some pop. If they don't get a home run, they know how to move the ball. And those teams usually do well. So I, I do think the Rays are going to be in the mix. And I do think the Red Sox are going to be a team that's going to be better than last year. The reason why I say that is because now you have Justin Pedroia kind of like a, an advisor to them who, who can lead on his experience now more in a, a helpful role to help some of the young players. That usually boosts up their morale. So I think it's going to be a, a tough Tough win for the Yankees. I do think they can squeak it out. And, yes, on paper, they are the best team. But I would not be surprised if the Rays are neck and neck with them as well as the Red Sox. I think it's going to be a close race. At the end of the day, I just think the Yankees will pull it out, but it will be close. Yeah, I think um, I think that's very, very, uh, very possible. Um, I think the Yankees might win 100 games this year, though. I, th- I just I feel like that rotation is so good. Um, if the bullpen follows suit, in the lineup, they been relatively healthy. I just I, I feel like that's a really solid team. I mean, they have, you know, Luke Voigt, for instance, at first base. You know, if he can really stay in the lineup and get five to 600 at-bats, I mean, you're looking at a 40-home run hitter potentially, along with Judge and Stanton. So you might have three guys that hit 40 home runs this year. It's, it's just very possible to have that happen. So I'm going to go out on my prediction list here in the, in the American League. I'm kind of scanning through here and seeing, I think that the – Cy Young Award winner in the American League, um, which I believe last year it was uh, Shane Bieber from Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to look at um, I'm going to look here and say that Garrett Cole gets it on track this year. I think with the Yankees, and I think he's the AL Cy Young Award, Cy Young Award winner here in 2021. And then I'm going to go out and make a, a bold prediction here on uh, AL MVP as well, because I think it's going to be a fun year in a lot of ways. I look at um, I look at Toronto, and I look at how good core young players they have there. And I look at guys like Bo Bichette, who plays shortstop. You got uh, Vladimir Guerrero playing. They're going to move him to first base this year. One of those guys, I think, is going to be an MVP candidate this year. I just feel like the Blue Jays are so talented. They're going to be a good team for a long time. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and put Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as the uh, AL MVP of 2021, and wow. then I always like to make this—I always like to make this prediction too. First manager to get the axe this year. So you got wow. some, some teams that are kind of on the on the um, on the bubble, and I really look at—you think about somebody like, like Chicago's not going to fire Tony Larusa; they just hired him. Um, Detroit just brought in AJ. Hinch, he's not going anywhere. A lot of these other teams are pretty safe. 
I really think the two teams that have the biggest potential for a managerial change, uh, Brandon Hyde in Baltimore, and I think if they don't show some signs of improvement this year, I don't think they're going to be a very good team, but if they don't show signs of growth, I guess it's his third year there. He might be on his way out. And there's been some stuff that has happened in Cleveland the last uh, couple of years, some things that kind of happened off the field that were supposedly kind of pushed under the rug. And I think that's put some pressure on ownership to kind of take a closer look at Terry Francona. And I think if they, if he, if he loses that clubhouse, if they kind of the way things happen in, in Baltimore, uh, Boston, rather, when he was at the end there, if he kind of loses the clubhouse and they don't feel like he's the right guy to rebuild that team with, wouldn't shock me if he was out in Cleveland. So those are my bold predictions over in the American League. Now we're going to get to the National League, which is always the fun side of things. You look at the uh, <laughs> look at the West. Actually, before we do that, let, let, let's get your thoughts on on those awards that I just mentioned there. What do you think about uh, that? I, you know, you're. I, I like Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know, his dad was a hall, you know, hall of famer. So that's a good pick. I, I just think that if he can stay healthy, I think Aaron Judge always is a good potential to get it. I just think, but that health thing is really his Achilles' heel. If he can stay healthy, I can see Aaron Judge winning the MVP. So I would, I would agree with you. But at the same token, you know, I would say the next player, if he doesn't get it, would be Aaron Judge if he could stay healthy. And who knows if that can happen. But I do think you you got you got a great prediction on on that MVP award. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, if he doesn't win it this year, he's certainly going to be a candidate in there at some point uh, to to get that award. And then, uh, what do you think about the signing award? I mean, with um, with uh, Garrett Cole, I mean, it, this guy, if he, if he gets the offensive behind, if he gets the, the run support behind him that he needs to be able to pitch comfortably, and the bullpen can, again, follow suit there in uh, in New York, I mean, this guy might win 25 games this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think Garrett Cole knows that he needs to have a better year this year than he did last year. You know, he needs to make his impact known that he is the number one ace and reassert himself that he's one of the top pitchers in the league. I, I think he he had a little bit of a rocky season. So I think he needs a big bounce back season. He's definitely going to get the run support in most cases with the Yankees. So Garrett Cole getting that Cy Young award is, is very, very lightly. And he needs to, he needs to be that the, the Garrett Cole that we know. I think he got away a little bit from that. Maybe it could have been the, the first year jitters with signing such a big contract, you know, coming over to the Yankees. It's a, it's a, and it's a very intimidating thing. I think now that he's got the first year out of it under his belt, he came in the spring looking very determined. So I hope he does have a successful year and gets it and gets a Cy Young. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, certainly a very possible thing. Again, it's based on the potential and the fact that this guy is got one of the, best arms in the game without question so um moving on to the national league we'll start out out west and this is of course where last year's world series title came from the los angeles dodgers they are stacked i mean this is a team that just keeps turning out great players they seem to attract good players to come there too you consider mookie betts went out there last year um they just picked up trevor bauer obviously you've got a future hall of famer in clayton kershaw 
Walker Bueller's there. You've got Dustin May. You've got this just cast of characters out there that is just a solid team all the way around. And they've won eight division titles in a row, which is the longest streak uh, active in the big leagues right now. And also the longest active playoff streak for any team as well. And it's just hard to not see them right, right back there at the top. But you also now have San Diego who just picked up a whole bunch of new pitching. Uh, we talked about it a little bit ago with, uh, with uh, Blake Snell, of course, going out to San Diego as well. Let's not forget that the, the um, Giants have been uh, getting a little bit better uh, the last couple of years as well, as is the Rockies. And Arizona is kind of uh, maybe a subpar team to some degree. Um, hard to argue, in my opinion, that it's a, not a two-horse race, though. Again, this is really the Dodgers and the Padres, I think, at the top. Wouldn't you agree there? Yeah, I definitely would agree there. You know, the Dodgers have added more depth to their lineup already, which is already dangerous. You know, they're trying to come right back and win another one, you know, and and definitely I I see them winning this division. And I I really – I think the Padres are going to give them some some competition for sure, but I just think with the additional moves that the Dodgers have made – I just see them winning the division again. I just don't see the Padres doing enough to stop them from winning the division. I just think, you know, they kind of the Dodgers kind of got the, their foot in the door, and then they kind of added on, and the Padres are like a year or two behind them, and that's where I feel. So I, I definitely see the Dodgers uh, winning this division again, and the Padres being competitive, but not to the point where they're going to knock off the Dodgers. Yeah, I think until it actually happens, it's going to be hard to pick against Los Angeles. I mean, look, I don't think there's any question that that's, that's probably one of the best top two teams in a division in, in baseball. I just think that the, the pitching that both teams have, you go to a game in either Los Angeles or San Diego this year, and it's probably going to be few and far between on runs. I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of close you know, 2-1, 3-2 games kind of thing. But until somebody knocks the Dodgers off, I agree 100%. It's going to be hard to pick against them. But if any team is going to do it in that division right now, it's San Diego for sure. Um, but I'm going to pick the Dodgers just because obviously they've, they have the, the, the experience factor. Obviously, they've come off winning the World Series, and they're that much better now with Trevor Bauer in their rotation as well. Uh, NL Central is kind of a toss-up. I mean – there's really not a team that you can say definitively wins that division. And there's really not a team that I would say is just really like a bad, bad team. I mean, maybe the pirates a little bit, they're kind of um, suspect to a degree, but I think that's maybe the most wide open division. Bullock Milwaukee's been good the last few years. The Cubs, obviously they're always in the mix. The Reds were in the playoffs last year for the first time in a while. And St. Louis always has something to do. And they obviously went out and picked up uh uh, Nolan Arenado in the off season, so they've improved their uh, overall lineup. Um, and Pittsburgh, again, as I mentioned before, they're a young team with a lot of depth, um, a lot of inexperience. But I mean, any team can win this division. And here's the the weird thing: it might only take 84 or 85 wins to win the Central this year. It's not really a division where you're going to say, "Hey, 95 or 100 wins out of somebody." Uh, what do you think about the AL or rather the uh, NL Central here in 2021? Yeah, you're right. It is a very, you know, kind of mix of the batch type of type of team. You know, the Cubs are one of the teams that you just never know. 
with Joe Madden that anything could happen. So I, I would say maybe the Cubs or the Brewers, but yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. That's this one is a tough division to kind of pick. It, it reminds me of the NFL East, you know. <laughs> They're kind of all in the batch. You just don't know who's gonna kind of pull away. I did yeah, want to mention yeah. we did predict it on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio show that Blake Snell was gonna get traded from the Rays. <laughs> if he did. <laughs> But uh, to NL Central, I would have to say, you know, I would love to see the Cubs back in there. I think they they probably the team that, you know, with Joe, with uh, Madden's experience to, to, to go ahead and, and make a difference. What do you think? Well, keep in mind, Madden's with the Angels now. So it's uh, oh, well, uh, sorry, yeah. David, David Ross, who, you know, played obviously for Joe Madden for several years in Chicago. There's a lot of similarities in their manager style. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the Cubs, I mean, to a degree. I mean, they, they've, you know, this is a team that, you know, five years ago, obviously they won the World Series, which, you know, so many people were waiting on for 100-plus years to have that happen. And I think the anticipation was they won one, they've got enough talent to win another one, and really they spent their, their prospect capital and ran everything kind of dry. Their, their, their farm system kind of dried up. Um, Chris Bryant is probably going to get traded during this season at some point, potentially if they're out of the race. So it's going to be a, a tough, a tough thing. They've, they've made some moves over the off season that, you know, you Darvish was traded to San Diego. Um, they don't have Kyle Schwarber in their outfield anymore. He went to, to the nationals. Um, you know, they've brought back some veteran players, but the question is, is that going to hold up throughout the entire year? So I really think Milwaukee is probably the team, with the most talent and the reds are right there too. I think, I mean, the reds have a lot of young pitching, um, some really good young position players that are starting to really develop really quickly. And then St. Louis is always that, that they seem to be able to find a way to make things work. Um, they just kind of can pull things out of thin air. I mean, they were right, right in it just a couple of years ago and didn't really seem like they had the, the best of teams on the field. So I, I never count St. Louis out. They just seem to always be, you know, one strike away from being able to get back into the race kind of thing. So, but I'm going to go right now. I'm going to make my prediction on the AL, uh, sorry, the NL, uh, NL Central. I feel like Milwaukee has the best overall team, and I'm going to go with the Reds as their challenger this year. I just feel like those two teams, neck and neck. Yeah, the Cubs are going to be there. Yeah, the Cardinals are going to be there. The Pirates are kind of maybe a year or two away. But I, I just feel like Milwaukee with their talent with Christian Yelich, their pitching staff, their bullpen in particular – makes them a really, really tough team to uh, to get past. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some good points you made there. Brewers are a tough team for sure, and the Reds as well. Now, the division that I've been looking forward to talking about all night is the NL East. <laughs> <laughs> and the NL East is really, I think, probably one of the best divisions in baseball for a lot of reasons. Um, I mean, you really look up and down that division. And, I mean, Atlanta has obviously handled the division the last three years in a row. Um, one win away from going to the World Series this past year. Uh, kind of collapsed at the end, unfortunately. You have the Nationals, who just two years ago won the World Series. The Mets were in the World Series, uh, what, five or six years ago. So they're, they're still right there. They went out and picked up Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. Their pitching staff is starting to kind of come back uh, the way it was in, in a, you know, a few years back. 
Um, I think that the distractions of some of the stuff that happened with uh, with Robinson Cano and you know the general manager getting fired right after he got hired and all these other things, I think that they want to kind of put a different spin on things in New York this year. And let's not forget the Phillies are a really good team. I mean they've they've gone out and spent big money the last two or three years. And then the Marlins, they were in the playoffs this past year, too. So this is really a, a, a division that I think it's expected that Atlanta's going to be at, to, at the top, and I, that's, that's where I feel like things are going to be. But I think that there's four other teams in that division that could be a playoff team and could make a, a run at, uh, at, the, at the, you know, the top this year. So, um, you know, just looking at each team, I mean, Miami's talent, they, they're, they're ahead of schedule. Now, they were helped a little bit, Alan, this past year by the fact that there was – an expansion of the playoffs, if you will. There were more playoff teams than there had ever been. And I think that was to kind of make the the pandemic, you know, make it a better baseball season. They had more more fanfare because of that. So that helped out. But, um, you know, their talent is certainly there. Philadelphia, you know, obviously they went out and bought, uh, brought Bryce Harper in a few years ago. They um, have uh, brought in Joe Girardi, former Yankee manager, to be their skipper. This is going to be his second year there. Um, Washington, obviously, they've had a, a good run in the last few years as well. And then, you know, the Mets are the Mets. They seem to always have the talent. It's just whether they can keep it together on the field for a whole year. Um, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on the, the NL East? It's such a good division right now. It is a very good division, and you're right. It is something that it's probably a tough division to pick because you can't ignore the Marlins. They did, like you said, I did benefit from it, but they also did make the playoffs. The Mets have added a lot of great pieces, so I like what the Mets have done. Yeah, they got a really good team. But I, I agree. I think over the long haul, you, the Braves and are going to be there. And also the Nationals, you can't count them out. That's It's going to be a tough NL East division. It kind of reminds me of the AL East. You have some very good teams in here, and they all have potential of, of running away with it. But I, I think at the end – I just think that the the Braves are probably going to be, like you said, the team that will be needing you'll need to beat in order to win the division. So I, I predict the Braves to win the division. Yeah, and I think it's hard to not uh, to not pick them. Um, now I'm certainly biased because I followed the Braves for the last 30 years, as anyone yep. who listens to our show on a regular basis knows that. But um, kind of the same uh, same way we talk about the Dodgers until somebody else beats them. It's hard to pick against them. And Atlanta really went out this offseason, and they improved. Um, they brought in um, you know, they brought in uh, more pitching. They brought in some depth, not necessarily a Cy Young Award pitcher necessarily, but you know they, they brought in uh, Drew Smiley from, I believe he was with the Giants last year, and then they brought in uh, Charlie Morton, who had spent the last couple of years uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. And before that, he won a World Series, of course, with the Astros. So he's got some some good experience uh, right there in uh, in what he's done, and then the big thing, and we talked about this with Chip Carey a couple weeks back, uh, six weeks or so ago. Um, the Braves, one thing that they hadn't been able to do the last few years is bring in a stable bat on the offensive side of things, and they finally were able to do that and keep him in in uh, Marcelo Zuna. So the lineup is really solid. The pitching staff's right there. The only questions are, you know, where the bullpen piece is going to fall, who's going to close, who's going to set up, and who's going to be, you know, long relief. Those are things that usually work themselves out as the season goes along. And because the Braves have so much depth, 
they can afford to kind of let those pieces fall in place as they do. Unlike some other teams sometimes have to know that stuff ahead of time. And if they don't know ahead of time, they're kind of out of luck kind of thing. So I'm going to go out and say um, on a very strong limb, Atlanta wins the division. I do think that you mentioned the nationals certainly are going to be right there. Um, so are the Marlins and so are the Phillies. I think, I think it's just a really, really challenging division. And if you win that division this year, you deserve it because you're playing against, in my opinion, the best of the best. Um, and the Mets, I, I just, I feel like the Mets just, they, they have all the pieces, but it's one of those things where they just, I don't think they manage it quite right. And what they've done, and this is something that happened a couple of years ago, Francisco Lindor is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be great there. They might've gambled on a one year uh, rental for him because he's not, he's not signed after this year. And you look at how they kind of had the, the googly eyes when they went out and got Robinson Cano. Well, where are they with him right now? So the same thing may happen with, with, um, you know, with uh, Lindor and not because of the same reason, of course, but they, they might've gone out and, and sometimes getting those big players doesn't necessarily add up because you go back to the Mets and their history. I'll go back about 20 years ago. I believe it was in 2002. They went out and got Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn was still a great hitter at that point. Still a good power hitter. They also had Roberto Alomar and they had some other big pieces they picked up. They even got Tom Glavin from the Braves and they, they just didn't, um, didn't didn't translate to winning on the field, unfortunately. So I think the Mets still have some ground to make up. But I'm um, going to go here and, and, and make my comments on the National League awards, uh, as we did for the American League before. Um, I think there's some really, really good talent pitching-wise in the National League. Uh, it's hard to argue against somebody like Trevor Bauer winning the National League Cy Young Award. Um, I like Mike Soroka and Ian Anderson from Atlanta. I think those are guys that are going to be right there too. Um, you know, obviously Jacob DeGrom from the Mets has done such a great job. But I think somebody like Max Scherzer or um, Steven Strasburg from the Nationals are going to be right there. Those guys know that their their window of being successful is starting to slowly inch closer to closing. And I think both of those guys are going to really step up their game this year. So I think one of those two guys from the Nationals is likely going to be the Cy Young Award winner this year. Don't rule out Blake Snell. Obviously, it's going to be his first year with the Padres. Uh, what do you think about uh, the National League Cy Young win uh, in 2020? Yeah, I definitely do agree with you. I think that's going to be a, a great prediction that you have. I wouldn't disagree with with your choice. I mean, with the National League Cy Young Award, it's going to be tough because um, it's such a tough division that I don't know. You know, it's it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to say on that one. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to go with the uh, the National League Most Valuable Player. Yeah, and I think this is, this is going to be this is this is going to be an easy one for me, and it is a little bit of a bias, but I think the talent is there to back it up. I think this is going to be a monster year from uh, Ronald Acuna Jr with Atlanta. I think that he, he's in a lineup where he's very well protected. He usually bats lead off. Uh, he has proven, in my opinion, the last three years, he's proven that when he is in the leadoff position, the Atlanta offense seems to do better. And if you look at the, the win-loss ratios and winning percentages, when he's batting anywhere other than the leadoff spot, which is weird for a power hitter like him, they don't do as well. So I think this is a year where he breaks out and hits 45 home runs or more maybe even steals 45 or 40 or more bases. 
Um, great player, uh, great energy, definitely a fun guy to watch. And so I think there's a lot of other great candidates in the National League. Don't get me wrong. There's Christian Yelich. There's Freddie Freeman, Bryce Harper, um, you know, obviously Mookie Betts. Uh, you got the, the guys out in San Diego, um, uh, obviously, that are, are certainly very talented. But I just feel like this is the year for Ronald Acuna Jr., so I'm going to p- put his name out there for uh, for the National League Most Valuable Player. What do you think about that? I think Mookie Betts. I, I, like, I like Mookie Betts to win it. I just think that he's going to have a blowout year this year. And the fact that he's got experience now, it, it makes a, a big difference. And I just think with him having a good team around him, I, I just feel as if Mookie Betts is going to have a breakout season. I, I would pick Mookie Betts to get it. No, it's definitely a very good choice. I mean, it's certainly a, certainly a talent that's fun to watch. And obviously you saw what he did. I mean, you take him out of the Dodgers lineup in, in 2020 uh, in the, in the NLCS. And I think the Braves are in the world series. I think he was that difference for them in 2000 and in 20 there in the playoffs. And then, uh, this is the one we had fun with before in the American League. Uh, who will be the first manager to um, <laughs> to get the pink slip this year? Um, I don't think anybody in the National League East is in trouble unless somebody just has a really, really bad year. Um, Don Mattingly safe. Joe Girardi is safe. Um, uh, manager there in New York is safe. Um, given that he just won a World Series two years ago, I don't think Dave uh, Martinez is going anywhere. And, of course, Brian Snicker with Atlanta is going to be perfectly fine. I start looking at the NL Central. Um, you know, you got uh, uh, Shelton, who's in his second year with the Pirates. Um, Mike Schilt with, uh, with St. Louis. He should be fine. David Bell, and he's actually the brother of Mike Bell, who passed away today. So our condolences again to him and his family. Uh, but Mike, uh, David Bell, rather, with us, uh, Cincinnati, I think he's in – in a good position. He shouldn't have any problems this year. Uh, David Ross is in his second year with the Cubs, so he should be, um, he should be okay. And of course uh, you've got uh, Craig Council with uh, Milwaukee. I think he'll be all right too. I think it's when you get out West that you start saying, okay, here's, here's some, some areas where this guy might be on the hot seat. And I look, uh, I don't see anything wrong with the Dodgers. They just come off winning a world series. Of course, Jace Tingler is going into his second year with San Diego. So he should be fine. Um, San Francisco is great. I think that the Rockies could have a, a problem. I think that uh, um, that's a, a p- potential position. But I really will say that I think that Tori Lovello, he's third or fourth year now as a manager of the Diamondbacks. You know, if they don't show improvement, he's kind of in the same boat, I think, that uh, Brandon Hyde is in Baltimore. I think if they don't show improvement, at least a contending team for at some point this year, um, you know, that, uh, that he – could be uh, could be on the way out. So, um, but mostly job security in the National League. I think both uh, both American and National League should have very little turnover this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't see there being a lot of movement this year with managers just because it's a full year now with the players coming back and and I know we've had the pandemic was shortened season. I, I just think it's it's tough to predict who's going to get the axe first. <laughs> I know you've been pretty much on point with that one. But that I don't see anybody really being in that hot of a seat at this point. It could change, of course, and it will change. But at this point, I think everybody's safe. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, sometimes the weird thing about it is a, a guy might be retained, at least, so to speak, unofficially until after the season is over and then something changes. And, you know, this is what happened with – here's the funny thing. I mentioned uh, Rick Renneria before. He was the manager with the Cubs in 2015, uh, 2014. He had been the bench coach with San Diego for years before that. He gets hired to be the new manager of the Cubs in 2014. And then uh, something happened in Tampa. I forget. I think it was, um, I want to say it was Matt Silverman was able to leave and went to the Dodgers as an executive. And that allowed Joe Madden to opt out of his contract. So Joe Madden's available. The Cubs say, hey, look, we're trying to win a World Series for the first time in 100 plus years. So they ended up dismissing Rick Renneria after one year and brought in Joe Madden. And then the same thing kind of happened to, to Rick Renneria in Chicago on the other side of town. They bring in uh, they bring in uh, Hall of Fame manager uh, Tony Larusa to replace him on that side of town. So Rick Renneria has kind of had a bad uh, bad experience in two uh, two Chicago ball clubs, and uh, you know. But it is one of those things where sometimes the right guy is out there, and they, the team says, "Hey, we're going to go out there and and um, make that change." And that's that's actually what happened in uh, in Los Angeles with the Angels uh, two years ago. Um, you had uh, Brad Ausmus, who had been only one year into managing there, and Joe Madden was available, and the Angels went out and picked him up. So you never know what's going to happen with managers. It's just kind of one of those things that uh, happens randomly, I guess you could say. Yeah, we hope nobody loses their job, but <laughs> it's to be determined. Very, yeah. very true. So, so let's get to the, the playoff predictions. I always like to go Final Four. Uh, rather than go to each individual playoff matchup because that gets kind of kind of uh, hard to predict. But I think the top two teams in the American League right now, if I'm looking at this, uh, certainly the Yankees are right there at the top. And I think the Astros are there too with their experience. So I think those are two teams that are going to go to the ALCS. And it's going to be a hard pick because obviously you get the experience with Verlander and some of the other uh, veterans there with the uh, Astros. You also have Dusty Baker, who is notoriously a terrible postseason manager. Uh, he's had some bad, bad luck with four or five different teams now in his big league career. He's a great post, uh, great uh, regular season manager. Just seems to not have the success in the in the playoffs. Um, I got the Yankees in the World Series this year in the American League. It's just it's hard to hard to go against how well they have um, have played. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you on that. I got the Yankees making the playoffs and and winning AL East. Yeah, I definitely I have them in the World Series there uh, this year, and then uh, National League. I think it's it's a, a two team race. I think it's the two teams that were there in the uh, in the NLCS this past year. I think the Braves and the Dodgers. I think the Braves have made up enough ground to um, to uh, put the Dodgers in their place, and I'm going to go out and see the Braves. I think that they're going to. I think they're going to. They've learned a lot from their experience this past year. They they brought in the depth, and so I have the Braves. Uh, over the Dodgers, and then my prediction in the World Series, and you and I, buddy, you're going to be uh, bitter enemies for a <laughs> eight-day stretch here in October, but I think the uh, Braves and the Yankees being in the World Series again, which is always a fun thing. Um, you're hearing this right now here tonight between uh, Alan and I on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. I am picking the Atlanta Braves to this year in 2021, finally, after 26 years, 
win another World Series. So you heard it here first tonight on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, you got the Braves and the Yankees doing their thing, and you got the Braves winning it all. But his prediction on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, we've been right. So thank you so much. <laughs> You know, on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, we got the Braves and the Yankees going at it. He's get he's picking the the Braves to win it all. <laughs> I'm picking the Yankees to win it all. But I, I did want to go ahead and mention a couple quick things about golf and then uh, boxing. One thing about golf is I do agree with with Kevin Nod and that with the situation with Dustin Johnson where Dustin Johnson was upset with Kevin because of a shot that he gave him. Kevin did give him the shot, and I just think Dwayne Johnson is is basically – Dustin Johnson, I'm sorry, is just getting upset because of the fact that things are not going his way in tournament play, and I think he let his frustration get the best of him. In uh, boxing, I just wanted to mention real quick here that I wanted to wish Antonio Tarver a lot of success in his upcoming fight in April, and also Jake Paul in his fight that's coming up this weekend. So uh, Jake Paul, I definitely think he has a shot to to win that fight. And uh, actually, his fight is in April too, Jake Paul and Van Askren. I I just think uh, in April 17th, I got Jake Paul winning that fight. I also got a lot more boxing news in the future coming up with you. And want to share with you, we should be getting some more interviews with some of the boxers. I'm working on that. So a lot of big big boxing news in the future to come here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. I wanted to get Aaron's thoughts on anything else that you wanted to bring up to our listeners. Well, uh, by the time we talk again here, um, down the line, uh, the NCAA basketball tournament, I think we'll have concluded by then. So been a lot of great uh, upsets this year, um, which is certainly always always my favorite thing is to see upsets in the in the tournament. So, um, you know, I think that uh, you know, hoping to see everything kind of play out the way that uh, we we want it to. Obviously, last year there was no tournament in the NCAA, so it's uh, it's nice to to see everything kind of working back the way it's supposed to there. Um, some more NFL free agency and possible trades and obviously we're getting ever closer to the draft we're only just uh, about a month or so away from the NFL draft so we're going to have a lot of big news on the draft uh, coming up here and we certainly look forward to talking about that and of course uh, we're going to be talking about Major League Baseball throughout the year uh, as uh, each week goes by we'll have some news to talk about there and we hope that you join us we hope you join into the show too we'd love to hear from you certainly on our Facebook page Drop us a line, even if it's just to make fun of us. Certainly, we don't mind that, too. So, <laughs> um, But tonight here for, uh, for Alan, this is Aaron. We're signing off here this evening, and hopefully everybody has a great night and a safe weekend.
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 